Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. And I'm Brooke. And this is episode 95. Today, we're going to be talking about Fear the Walking Dead, season six, episode three, and The Walking Dead World Beyond, season one, episode four. But before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brooke? I'm doing good. Thank you, Diana. How are you? I am awesome. I'm I'm awesome, Brooke. Aww. It's Friday night. It's the eve of my wedding anniversary. So uh, making plans for the weekend, What whatever we can do, you know, during COVID would be exciting, just as long as we're together celebrating me and my husband. So, um, but I hope to get near the beach somewhere. That's what I'm hoping anyways. Oh, that'd be fun. It'll what be cold. What beach do you though. like? Oh, it'll be cold. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Sometimes it's Monterey. Um, I don't know where we'll head. San Francisco, Half Moon Bay, Monterey, Santa Cruz. I'm not sure yet. So we might just wake up in the morning and say, where are we driving to? So I'm not sure yet. Oh, that's cool. I like, uh, I love the coast. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be a fun way to celebrate your anniversary. Yeah. We're lucky that we live near the water. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's true. Yeah. Some people don't. So, um... I appreciate it very much. Me too. Yeah, and I'm I'm so happy. It's a Friday evening, and I'm spending it with you. And uh, so it's a it's a highlight for me to spend my time with you. So yes, um, highlight. Yes. That is a very familiar word. Highlight. <laughs> Were you highlighting today, Brooke? I can do highlights in my sleep. <laughs> I love your highlights, or I love your highlights, but I like. How you highlight on me, I should say. Yeah, it's I love doing that type of hair uh, color service. Highlights are just everything. Yeah, well, they just frame your face, and I don't know. I I love when I get them. They're just so exciting. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I'll be seeing you for that soon. (laughs) Good. I was just thinking, I'm like, when is Diana's next appointment? I know. I know. I have to text you regarding that Um, because I'm always texting you about one thing or another. So, um, but just to remind our listeners, we are remote podcasting. So, but at least I get to see you during FaceTime. I know. I know. (laughs) I love that. So how do you feel during like a Zoom or FaceTime? Do you get that like Fatigue? Are you comfortable? Huh? You mean the fatigue or how do I feel about uh, having FaceTime? Yeah. Like, are you getting so used to FaceTime and Zoom conference calls? Like, um, like, are you comfortable on the camera? I am. Um, but what's... Okay, this is really funny. I always put on my makeup, right? I just do. Never waver. I always do. But the other day... I went to a work meeting. It was in the mm-hmm. morning. And I'm like looking. Oh, it was the day after I dressed up for um, Halloween because for work, I was Wonder Woman. And so I put a lot of eye makeup on that day because, you know, she has her eyes framed and everything. So the next day when I had a meeting, I'm like looking at myself and I'm like, okay, I look all right. But gosh, I look plainer today, right? I'm saying this to myself. <laughs> and... I realized I didn't have my makeup on. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have my makeup on. So I'm, you know, I texted Brittany on the side because she happened to be in the work meeting. And I'm like, I don't have my makeup on. I can't believe I'm on I'm on camera with no makeup on. And she's, oh, you look great. Be quiet. And I'm like, oh my God. So I guess I was okay. I have a feeling that the camera or my laptop has a good camera or something because, yeah, I don't normally look okay without... To me, okay, I'm sure everybody else would say, Diana, you look great. But to me, I just need something. That's so cute. Even if it's just a little bit of something. Yeah. But anyways. (laughs) So anyways, about the episode... Um, I was thinking about how this episode has a reunion in it, and it made me think about um, experiencing being reunited with someone. So, Brooke, yeah. have you 
been away from someone for a long time and were or extended period of time and were reunited with someone. And if you were, how did that go? Well, anytime I feel like I've been away from uh, a friend or a family member for a period of time, I would say that I'm always excited or anticipated. And typically the reunion goes really, it's, I would say it's the most happy feeling that one could ever hope for. Yeah. So generally that's how it goes. And then, uh, you know, like as I get older, I, I tend to talk more. (laughs) So it's like, I feel like, uh, it's been hours, you know, like when I'm just greeted by that person, it just, I feel like we're just talking, talking, talking so much. And it feels like a long time has gone by. So it just Uh feels really good. And, and I, and there's never like an awkward or dull moment. So, uh, I love reuniting with people. I know. How about you? Uh, how does it feel when you reunite with somebody that you haven't seen in a while? Well, you reminded me by saying that of a couple of things. So I'm thinking, you know, at in the holidays, sometimes I don't see my family, certain members of my family for a year or sometimes two years uh, if they're alternating uh, Christmases with the other sides of different families. So, I mean, sometimes, yeah, I haven't seen my family in two years. Uh, And so when I finally get to see them, yes, it's so good. And it just makes you, it just warms me because I just love my family. And uh, so it is so good to see them and catch up and talk with them. Um, But I was also thinking that, isn't it funny how, um, well, I've had friends that I hadn't seen in years and years and years and years, and being reunited with them. And we talk like we did back then. It was like, no time had gone by, even though years, decades have gone by on some people. But it's like you can talk about things that you just feel so comfortable with them. And I just think that that's such a, a cool feeling, you know, to be able to pick up where you left off. Uh, even though your lives have changed and, you know, you've had kids and they've grown and they've had kids and they've grown or whatever it may be. So, yeah, being reunited with somebody is a really good feeling. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Nice thoughts. So listeners, let us know what you think. Have you ever been reunited with someone you hadn't seen in a while? And how did it go? Let us know. You can leave us a comment on our Twitter at in underscore screens or at our screens and focus Facebook page. You can also follow us on our Instagram and subscribe to our website and our YouTube channel. (laughs) The link is in our show notes. So Diana. Yes. Tell me your overall thoughts on episode three, Fear the Walking Dead, Alaska. Oh, this was a really good episode. I was so happy to see Dwight and Al and the development of their friendship. So much happened in this episode. But I have to say, I felt like one step behind through most of it because I was trying to absorb what just happened in the last scene. So... You know, and that that's a good thing because I kept trying because I felt like so much was happening and I was thinking about, oh, we just saw that person and that just happened. And then the next thing would happen. I'm like, wait, I've got to pay attention to this. And so I had to watch it a second time um, to really absorb what happened. But I like when I have that feeling, even though I'm feeling like I'm losing a little because that just means to me it's an exciting episode. So... Um, I just really appreciated it. And the second time around, I noticed nuances that I didn't originally. So, um, but I have to say, I was so emotional about the last scene. I loved it. And I just can't wait to talk about it. Oh my gosh. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. What did you think? 
Well, I love Dwight. I was so happy to see that he and Al and their friendship and how they understand each other. I was just so excited for that bond that they shared. Yeah. And they actually reminded me of, you know, two siblings by the way that they speak to each other. I love this episode with the new ideas that they brought in and meeting the new characters. So there were so many good parts in this episode. So what specifically stood out to you in this episode, Diana? Um, so, of course, Ellen Dwight. Um, they're out scouting for Virginia. And I'm thinking, thank God, because these are two people that would not work well in camp. Uh, so it's good that they're out, you know, in the field. So plus, they're both searching for their loved ones, right? Dwight's looking for Sherry and... Al's following leads, you know, with Isabel. So I think that is making it all the more the best job for them to be out in the field. Um, But I, oh my gosh, I was shocked by that woman walker that snuck up on Al at that funeral home. Yeah. She looked like a regular person. And I, I wasn't sure at first. I'm like, oh my gosh, is this lady crazy or a walker? But then we realized that she was embalmed, and that's probably why she looked better than other walkers do in that situation. So being dead. So, um, but that scared me for Al. And then, um, oh, and Al and Dwight made a game of collecting those driver's licenses off the walkers by the, you know, by the states. And uh, apparently Alaska and Florida are hard to find. So... It was really great to see this friendship between them. I don't think that we've seen it between them before. So I really liked what we're seeing with them. Oh, and then when they shared those beers that taste like skunk. Uh I mean, can you imagine you you get this beer and you remember what it tastes like, what it used to taste like with beer. And then, you know, you open it up and it tastes crappy. That's crazy. I mean, I've had bad wine. I've never had a bad beer, I don't think. And I would not know what I would do if it tastes like skunk. I know, right? I mean, I don't know if I could... Like, Al was drinking it, okay, and then Dwight was like... He spit it out, then he continued to drink again. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, you are thirsty, right? You got to drink something. I think they were just shocked by the taste, and then they're like, oh, well, we're going to go for it and drink it anyways. Wow. And then... Dwight finds out about Beer Lady and tells Al to at least try and find her. But Al's reluctant because she doesn't want to do anything to hurt the others. And But what I love is Dwight has her back. And if she's able to escape with Beer Lady, a.k.a. Isabel, then, you know, he'll cover her by finding a walker that looks similar and use it as a decoy. So I really love how supportive Dwight is with Al. Oh, I love that too. And that's part of what I meant earlier with their sibling bond that they had. I just feel like um, he genuinely cares for her uh, like a sister. And it seems like she really cares for him. Yeah. Like her brother. So, um I was really, really happy to see their relationship evolve. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, with Morgan, uh, we see Morgan bring the new mama, Rachel, fresh preserved jam. Yeah. And I was like, looking at the jar, I'm like, oh, wow, that looks really cute. And I'm wondering, I wonder how old that is. But then I realized when Rachel reacted surprised, Morgan assured her, that he knows someone on the inside and he won't know where his friends are until they can get them all out. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because it was probably, uh, I mean, I would have mixed feelings if I, you know, if my buddy knew somebody on the inside and I would, I mean, like, are we safe? Right. Are are you safe? Like, are we going to build our community? Like, how are we going to do that? Like, a lot of questions, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, because she knew where that jar came from. She's like, yeah. ah, this is from Lawton or Ginny's camp or whatever. So. Yeah. 
I think this season's going to be so good. And I have a feeling that it's going to be very tribute to The Walking Dead and Rick Grimes. I don't know. I just have this feeling. <laughs> Um, oh, and then also with Morgan, uh, his staff broke in the last episode or yeah, I think it was the first episode. Oh yeah. He, you're right. I know. Yeah, he, <laughs> he broke the staff in when he killed Emil and I was so curious what he would end up doing about that. And that's been his signature weapon for so many seasons now. And I just didn't think that he would be able to give that up. So when we saw Morgan woodworking, and then he ended up attaching Emil's axe to the staff, and it just looks so cool. He has this double-edged weapon, half staff, half axe, and I just thought that was so monumental for him because we kind of had to say goodbye to, what was his friend's name who taught him the Tai Chi? Mm, I don't remember the guy's. I can't remember right now what his name yeah. was, but yes. Well, I loved him, that character. He was such a nice character. Yeah. Yeah, he so, was. It was almost like a send-off, mm -hmm. you know, farewell to him, maybe. It was interesting, that contraption he made. I was, like, trying to absorb it and look at it, but, you know, they only shot to it a couple of times. But I thought it was interesting what he had built in order to, you know, work on his new weapon. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he had all these tools, like, so I just, that was really cool, a little carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what else did you see? Well, I really liked the conversations that Dwight and Al had about their significant others. So Dwight asks Al what she's going to say to Beer Lady when she sees her. And uh, she says, you mean when she has her gun pointed at me? And Dwight says, when she lowers the gun. And then Al says, you know, she only knew her for two days. and But Dwight explains that he only knew Sherry for a, a short time. So, uh, you know, and then Al turns the tables and asks Dwight what he will say to Sherry. And he says, you know, I've made my peace with this, that he's never going to see her again. And what really struck me in this um, relationship of theirs is that they they keep hope alive for each other. And I just think that that is so special. Yes, it sure is. Yeah. They just kept like bouncing off each other's feelings. And yeah, this, this was, I, I, I mean, like you have a family and a husband and everything. And so we know what it's like to feel extremely comfortable uh, with a partner. Yeah. And I just feel like they have a very significant relationship you know it's just so special i just i adored watching their company mm -hmm. um but when we saw them in the building and uh we met nora and nora and her group has been in the building for a very long time and i thought she said that they were they've been in there since the beginning i, I think so yeah so that's pretty creepy and then with all those rats crawling around and there was this suspicious rat encaged and later in this episode we hear them say that that's how this bubonic plague has been spread and somebody must have infected the rat which then infected all the people i mean that's so horrific i know a pandemic in a pandemic i apocalypse know pandemic like i know wow what? how that's crazy and uh, so how creative are the writers for that? Like, that's incredible. This was such a terrible plague. And Al has actually seen it in the field pre-apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So, you know, without treatment, uh, death it is, right? Right. Uh-huh. And so Al was not going to worry about the people who were sick inside the building. So she went... So when she and Dwight were leaving, you know, he wanted to do right by them and help them. But instead, Al locks them in. And so she can continue to go up the roof. I was shocked. I mean, there were so many people in there. But without Cipro, this antibiotic for the treatment of bubonic plague, they would all have died. Yeah. And even though Dwight 
tried to talk her into asking Virginia for help, Al kept insisting to leave them. But when they got trapped in the bathroom, Nora came to their rescue. Yeah. I was surprised that Al locked them in and, you know, Dwight wanted to help them. And then I was equally surprised that Nora ended up helping the both of them, uh, even though that they were going to leave her group to die. Um, and then I was worried when Al noticed that Dwight was infected because I was like, did he get bit by a walker? I'm praying that it was the bubonic plague because I didn't want it to be, oh, you know, from the walkers because I thought maybe they can find something. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was just freaked out because I didn't know at that moment what it was because you just hear Al say, what's that on your neck? She wasn't specific. And I so I was like, no, we can't lose Dwight. I finally like him. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. come so far. We can't lose him now. Oh, so, I love Dwight. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I was like thinking that during this episode, I'm like, man, I really like Dwight. What the heck happened? Uh, you can just change, you know, what you do or how you are and, and kind of redeem yourself, which is very cool. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. But then Nora was explaining how she felt um, really bad, all these people that she had known for a long time, because when they turned into walkers, she couldn't recognize them anymore. So I thought it was a really nice gesture that Al gave her the Alaska driver's license because it was actually Mark, her friend. And so she wanted Nora to remember Mark um, the way he was, which is his picture on the driver's license. So I just Aww. thought that that was really, really nice of her to think about it, you know, so. I know. That was really sweet. After she tried to kill her. I know. Well, I think, well, I don't know why she did it to Nora. Nora was okay, but I, I kind of understand all the other people because she was thinking, how can we help them? We don't have antibiotics and Virginia's not going to help. So what can we do? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a tough situation. So I love Dwight's message to Al and uh, he tells her to crack one open for him with Beer Lady <laughs> And not to forget the pretzels. So I keep bringing up their sibling relationship. I just felt their relationships and their friendship so much. Um, you know, when they were sitting on the porch drinking the bad beer from then till the end of the episode, I just, I just love them together as friends. I just thought that it was so symbolic, especially for Al, because she's always talked about her brother. Yeah. And losing her brother. So I agree. Al, uh, Dwight's message to Al was so sweet. And also Al's conversation with Isabel, because on the rooftop, she gives up her chance with Isabel because of the message that she received from Dwight, because I think she realized that her relationship with Dwight was a for sure thing, you know, and it was somebody that she cares about and... Uh, she has to see him again because she had the opportunity, I think, to see her brother again, but she didn't take it because she was being a you know journalist. And so I think she really regretted that. So I think she didn't want to regret the relationship she had with Dwight. So um, yeah, she tells Isabel, don't come here. People here have the bubonic plague. But trying to keep it under wraps. So in case anybody outside was listening, they wouldn't know that they know each other. So yeah, that was kind of interesting. But. Yeah. But then Dwight and um, uh, Al hug their friendship and relationship is so special. Very touching. Yeah. Uh, so someone had seen the flare and guess who's home. Oh my gosh. Honey, Sherry. I felt Sherry so strong with the force in this episode. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I love with it. With all the beer and pretzels talk, I just knew they were going to reunite with Sherry. And I cannot wait to hear more about Sherry's story. I know. I'm a little bit worried about that. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I am too. But yeah. it was it was so cool to see them like see each other in the alleyway and then, you know, just run, like run to it, like just the way that they looked at each other. And, yes. Oh, yes. It's so good. So good. Uh, so I think that kind of summed up the episode. But what else did you notice that maybe I didn't see? Well, I noticed that Morgan was so clean shaven and he, that he wonders, you know, if others will be able to recognize him. And then it made me think, did did Daniel do that for him? Or was it just along the way? I don't know. Because Morgan looked down and out and almost dead. And now he's just all clean shaven. He looked good. Oh, and that Al and um, and Dwight were wearing those body cams. So that was interesting. Oh, yeah, that they, that's cool. That they even had that technology a- able to run it and work it. And, and I'm curious what... Oh, yeah. Virginia wants it for or what she's expecting is she just keeping tabs on them or is it to find information out I don't know it's very interesting that's true and then the spray paint at the end in that building it said the end is the beginning which is what we saw in episode one with those two guys and Al suspects that someone is behind the bubonic plague so yeah that was interesting. And then Coleman Domingo directed this episode. It was so good. I didn't realize that till after I watched it. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's so good because I really like the way this was filmed. Um, I just thought it, I, I just love this episode. I thought the directing was good. The acting was good. And the script was really good. Nice. So did you have any other thoughts? Well, for me, I'm just a little confused about Virginia, especially in this episode, because I don't see Virginia as a caring leader. She seems like really dark and mysterious as well as manipulative. Yeah. So I, I still need to understand her role as, uh, you know, Dwight was insisting on asking for Virginia's help, but yet they left their territory and then would get in trouble uh, because they're outside of their territory. It's late. And it's like their curfew. I don't, I'm not sure what is up with all of that. Um, and all this micromanagement. So I just, I want to find out more about what's really going on at Lawton or her communities. I think she has more than one, uh, community. I I, I don't know. Maybe like where the people like that were with the molasses plant, like that's that's true people. Like, so I'm not sure what the heck is going on. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because it's not like they're like Negan, you know, where there's out there like harassing and killing people. and But there's still like a really creepy vibe that I'm getting about this community. So, and it's organized, like they have rangers and stuff. So, yeah, I don't get it. I'm, I'm not sure how, what to expect. So, if you could give an award to your favorite quote, character, or moment, Diana, who would you give your award to? <laughs> It would go to Dwight and Sherry's reunion. I was completely moved by this moment. I teared up three times. I saw it the first time, and then I saw just the ending, and then I rewatched the whole episode. So I saw it three times. I'm not kidding, Brooke. Every time I saw it, I was welled up. I think it was the way that it was filmed with Dwight running toward her. Um, And then there was that piano music in the background and they show her off in the distance and then they show her face close up with tears. I mean, I was seriously so excited for Dwight in this moment. I mean, I had a smile. I had tears and a smile and it was so genuine. I was thrilled for them. And I, and I'm just, I'm worried. I'm worried because we don't know where Sherry has been and we don't know where she's at. Her head is at. So I was glad that she was at least smiling and crying. Cause I'm like, okay, you still love Dwight, but uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen after this. So I'm worried, but it was a beautiful, beautiful reunion. Yes. And I- And I really loved it. So that's who I would give my award to. Awesome. 
Brooke, who would you give your award to? What was your favorite quote character or moment? Well, I'm going to go ahead and say Al. Even though she wanted to let dozens of people die of bubonic (laughs) plague all locked up in an office, she did find a way to the rooftop and she saved the sick by helping provide Cipro. Thanks, Al. Yeah. That was great. I think that was, yeah. I mean, she just kept working her way up, even if they had to die one way or another. But she ended up saving the day. Yeah, and she did. she saved her brother Al, or um, Dwight. She so, did. I thought it was really cool. Really cool. She had a, like, you just have to listen to your... Gut? What's the word? Yeah, thank you. And uh, go for it, right? I mean, something's telling you to get up to that rooftop. You just never know what it could be. Yeah. Well, I think she did say somewhere in there that she wanted to have that feeling again that she had with with Isabel. You know, she wanted oh, to yeah. feel that way. That, that to feel alive. Yeah. yeah, to feel alive was more important than just living a, a long time without that feeling. But again, I think something clicked in her when she was at that rooftop with Dwight and she thought, oh man, he's my brother. He's my brother. So I got to help him. I got to save him. So yeah. Loved it. Love this yeah, that episode. Was good. Yes. Thank you, Fear of the Walking Dead. Thank you, Coleman Domingo. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So did you watch uh, The Walking Dead, The World Beyond season one, episode three? I did. And so the teens are joined by Felix and Huck in this episode. And we learn more about Silas's backstory. He lived with his grandparents and then something happened and he snapped and beat somebody up. And then he goes to the colony with his uncle to get a fresh start. But he's still being bullied there. And Iris is the only one that seems to be nice to him. So I think that's where his crush comes into play. And then in current time, uh, they're trying to get, you know, out of that school to meet up with Hope. And they're running into walkers. And Silas beats up one of the empties. And I kept thinking, you're going to get infected because he was like, pounding this face of this walker and it was like guts or blood or whatever was flying all over the place but it didn't appear to be of any concern so I'm not sure how that's happening or how he's going to remain safe but that's how I was feeling at that moment because I was shocked also Brooke I don't know if you saw this I didn't see this first off I I read about it and then I had to go back and look at it. So after the ending credits of this episode, we see something really important. We see what looks like to be the CRM lab and a woman researcher is testing walkers and they are categorized by a number with the letter A. A, okay? So remember how uh, Garbage Lady had said, you know, I have a B, I don't have an A, I have a B with Rick. So I think this is where the letters might come in. We're not sure, but it seems like it could be. And also we see a picture of her on her desk that reflects her, the girl's dad, Dr. Bennett, and two men. And one of those men is the test subject she is recording information on. That's a walker. Trippy. So I'm like, oh my gosh, let's hope they don't take the girl's father and make him a walker and test him out. So that was like creepy. That was like, wow. Yeah, that was really crazy. Um, So when you said that Silas, you said something like, how can he be Beating that walker. Yeah. With his bare hands. He was doing it with his bare hands. Yeah. So if he's beating it, and I'm sure he can get cut from the, 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 you know, he's got, can get open wounds so easily by, you know, if you punch somebody, you you get an open wound. So here he is beating the crap out of this walker so that walker's blood can get into him easily. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, 
Father Gabriel. You know, he got sick just by putting guts on himself. Oh, he did? Yeah, that's how he lost his eye. So you can get sick from um, by being exposed to blood to blood, you know? Oh, I don't. I remember he couldn't see very well. Um, I don't remember that part. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's scary. And he just like blacked out. Yeah. Poor kid, though. He must have been bullied at school because it didn't seem like like because when um, Iris was going through all her uh, all the like the high school memories and then they dance oh. and the yearbook. And I thought that was really interesting uh, reflection because it was like Iris sort of admired all of that in a way. And then Silas seemed like he didn't have the best experience socially and probably beat the, sh- beat the heck out of somebody to death or something. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was a really interesting connection that those two had. And those rabid wolves in the school facility, which I was like, what <gasps> oh. monster is hiding in there? Oh, dragging that's right. walkers? Yes. Yeah. And all the ivy growing in the school like that. And, and that one wolf, like trying to get through the ventilation grate. And, um, let's see, there was something else in that. Oh, so at the end, when that doctor was doing the test study and did you notice how gigantic her sandwich was? Yes. Yes, I did. I, I, I commented on that. I'm like, Holy crap! She can't eat, and then she she like gets it from the other side and, and eats it. I'm like, what are you eating? And at, one that you have that much food available to you, and then yeah, I was just crazy. Yes, that's so funny. It they must have made a point to do that. That you know, especially with us noticing it too, right? Exactly. It's like, oh my god, remind me of Jurassic Park when that one <laughs> scientist techie yeah. guy, you know, with yeah. the glasses was yes. like, yes. Newman? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, well, that was that was crazy. And yeah. yeah, they looked pretty scary all like in their straight jackets and they're like Silence of the Lambs with their little face shields on so they can't bite people or whatever. Oh, yes. They're mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs. I love that. <laughs> um, so you had reminded me of something when you said that she was looking at those uh, people back at prom. Like we saw a glimpse of those people like they showed a flashback of those people that we don't know, but it was kind of cool that they showed these teens in real life uh, preparing for prom or whatever it was. And then at the end of the episode, we see them dead on the floor. And the reason you recognize them is because the hair, the girl had her hair colored and it was the yeah. same girl. I'm like, oh, that's sad. Bizarre. Very bizarre. Yeah. But so it was interesting uh, looking through the lens of hope because of the way that she so we she's they're adopted and (gasps) there were babies no i wondered why they didn't look alike but i was thinking okay whatever they just wanted to pick them and i'm going with it (laughs) yeah and um so they had an early connection and i think they were there to just get one baby but because they were stuck to each other they just they brought home two babies and they were just inseparable and you could tell that their bond is so like they just they know what one another is thinking like they're so in tune with each other and i loved how dr bennett their dad told her hope that he wishes that she could see herself the way that he sees her and meaning how much and what did he call her he said uh she's exceptional yeah. And I think those type of words um, mean so much to our kids when we tell them, uh, you know, if we use big vocabulary like that and they don't, they're just, <laughs> they're like, you think of me how? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, that was very loving. And I loved how he, they zoomed in on his face when he was telling her how much he loves her and how much. Um, you know, how special she is. Yeah. And uh, she made that stink bomb 
and I guess got in trouble for that. And uh, he was like asking her what formula she used and she told him and he's like, well, that's not what I would have done, but you know, <laughs> yeah, good job or whatever. So I just thought that was really cute um, to see how much hope loves her parents. She's, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it was nice to see her. Uh, well, she's very emotional. She's very emotional. So, I like her. I do like hope. Yeah. Yeah. They have a, they all have a lot of growing to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's the, the, the other kid's name? I forgot right now. Elton. Elton. Yeah. Poor Elton's not ready for this. <laughs> That's I what know. Felix told him. Yeah. It's like, you're not ready for this and you all are not ready for this, which, you know, I don't know. Who is Carl, ready? Carl had it made at that I know. age. He was, so they just need to be trained, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. I was, I was really, that was really creative. Really, really cool. Really good set design with those ivy everywhere and the crazy uh, demonic wolves Yes. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. It scared me. I'm like, oh, my God, is there something new? Yeah. So, all, yeah. What, is this like a secret lab? What else has leaked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what other shows or movies are you watching? So I finally finished The Boys on Prime, and it was good. So the la the end of the season two. So, I mean, I, I kept trying to binge watch the last few episodes. So it was good. I really like it, but it is very uh, graphic. So if you like graphic movies, then you'll enjoy this. Um, if you don't, then you might have to skip it, but it is it is fun to watch. So um, I'm also watching The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Uh, this is set during the Cold War era and an orphan chess prodigy, Beth Harmon, struggles with addiction in her quest to become the greatest chess player in the world. And cool. I'm only, I think I'm only on six. I think there might be 10 episodes. I'm on six. And, you know, it's a very uh, new, different story. So I think that that's really good because it's it's not like you're like, oh, I saw this before. Or, oh, they keep redoing this. No, it's very fun uh, watching this you know, her with chess and, and being really good at it at such a young age and, you know, being an orphan and, and going to a family's, um, being adopted at 13 and, and just how her mind works and then how she becomes, uh, someone addicted to pills and alcohol. And it's just really, um, it's really, it's pretty good. It's a good show. So if you're looking for a show to watch, you should, um, tune into that. And then This Is Us season five premiered. It was a two hour special. Oh my gosh, it was so good. But they didn't resolve the family feud between Randall and Kevin. Um, Kevin is played by Justin Hartley and Randall's played by Sterling K. Brown. And the, the three of them turned 40. And the reason that's significant is because when the season one began, they all turned 36. So um, it's just like their birthdays tend to be, you know, a monumental time uh, for them. And um, in this episode, I really liked that they addressed COVID-19 pandemic and Black Lives Matter. So uh, Randall explains you know, how he's always putting his feelings aside for his white siblings, which was really interesting and a revelation for Kate, who's played by Chrissy Metz. Um, if you're not familiar with This Is Us, um, Randall was adopted uh, and taken home the same, I don't know if he was adopted that day, but I mean, he was taken home the day that uh, that Kate and Kevin were born. And so, you know, they've grown up like triplets. Um, Randall is um, African-American. So um, I just really liked how they dealt with these current issues in this episode. So I really, really appreciated it. 
Sterling K. Brown as Randall, he's an extraordinarily talented actor. They all are, but he just shines so much in this series. And if you aren't watching it, please watch it. And if you are watching it, you know what I mean. And I just really hope he wins an Emmy uh, for this current season five. Um, I also thought Mandy Moore who plays Rebecca, the mom, is so good. And she's in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's, and it's really heartbreaking. Um, and the episode ends with a cliffhanger. So it's just, uh, it was a good two-hour season premiere for This Is Us. So wow, two um, hours. Yeah, it was good. And for movies, um, so our power went out one day and it was out the entire day and on that day i'm like what am i going to do our our power not our power sorry it wasn't our power it was our internet and our cable was out we had our regular power so i was and it was the con- entire day like from 10 o'clock to 11 30 at night so I had to watch movies. I'm like, what am I going to watch? So I put in the Truman Show because we have that. And I put in uh, Mamma Mia. And, you know, they're both so good. Uh, Truman Show has Jim Carrey and Mamma Mia's with Meryl Streep and Amanda uh, Seyfried. Um, and so I just really enjoyed them. It was just it was one of those days where you just kind of cuddle up and watch some really good movies. But then on Saturday, it was... Uh, my husband and and my we watch movies on Saturday evenings, and so we usually watch something new. But uh, he wanted to watch the Three Amigos, and I was there. I'm like, cool, let's watch it. And we laughed, and we were reciting lines. And um, I just love Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Martin Short in this, and it was just it was good. So Such those a are funny movie. I love yeah. Three Amigos. I know. It's so fun. I texted you that day. Yeah, I, I texted you a picture of the... I'm like, guess what I'm watching, Brooke? Yeah. So it was fun. It was... Uh, they're fun to watch. So everybody yeah, should are. take a moment and rewatch them or watch them if you can. Yes. Brooke, what are you watching? Uh, well, I that day that you text me the three amigos, you, you're like, look what I'm watching. I text you a picture of what we were watching and uh, we watched Halloween, the first one with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. And uh, that was the Michael Myers uh, mystery, right? Like, so it was the beginning or the first uh, movie for the series. So I think there's like eight or I don't know. There's like six movies or like because they, they did remakes and stuff. So there's a yeah, lot. there's a lot of them. And uh, I really like the first one, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. And uh, they're just trying to figure out what happened to Michael. He escaped from the asylum and uh, he drives away in a car. But it's that part's kind of funny because like after he, you know, we see him driving a car. We never really saw him acting human again. Like he was just kind of like a supernatural, you know, being yes. like stalking everybody. And then... um it's in the film in 1978, so it's very, you know, vintage film and uh, their special effects and everything. And so uh, the doctor, he's like trying to track down Michael Myers because he thinks he went to the, his hometown. And uh, they see somebody in a mask that looks just like the one that Michael was wearing. And he's chasing him down. He pulls out his gun. He's not a law enforcement officer. He's a psychologist. Yeah. And he's chasing this person with a mask on down the street and with a gun. And the guy's <laughs> like walking away all like, oh, what? don't follow me, you know. And then out of nowhere, a police car comes and just like smashes this person wearing this mask who they think is Michael Myers. <gasps> and then he drives, he like hits him with the police car into a van. And then like uh, it, the like the car and the van like blow up. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so vintage, like yeah. everything blew up back then. Yes. And so then they have to take the corpse to the uh, uh, coroner and uh, they need to do the dental uh, records and stuff to find out if this is Michael. But they're like, oh, the teeth looks like a 17-year-old boy. 
or a person. And uh, so anyway, they killed the wrong Michael or like the, the wrong person wearing the mask. That part yeah, we were just Oh my like, gosh. I mean, it was sad, but it was we were like, it was just done so vintage. It was just hysterical. And um, so Michael killed, I want to say about four or five people in this movie. And they're all like teenagers, like babysitters, just like, you know, young people hanging out. And he's just, you could hear him behind the mask breathing heavily. So I just, I just think that the movie is, oh, and the music, the thriller music, it's like very, uh, like, I don't know, maybe violin, like squeaking noises. So it kind (laughs) of gives you the goosebumps, even though it's not, it's not real scary but it kind of is because there's breathing and then like the camera it's just everything about it was so uh like horror nostalgia i just thought it was done so well and then you know like parts where you're like get out get out like you don't real i don't really feel that in uh a lot of movies anymore but those movies you're like what are they doing sitting there? Get up. <laughs> so, um, we watched it as a family. We all enjoyed it. I mean, you saw the picture. David was yeah. like in the background, like toys everywhere. So we just had a good uh, uh, Halloween special. And we ended up yeah. watching part two, maybe the following week or something like that. Like a few days later, we watched part two. And that was equally as good. And same thing. What are you doing in there? So in Halloween part two, there was a scene where uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, finally gets outside. And then Gemma's like, oh, good. Now she can go and hide in that car. And we're all, no, don't (laughs) hide in the car. Run. (laughs) And so what does Jamie Lee Curtis do? She goes and hides in the car. (laughs) So funny. But it was so cute that Gemma was like, go in the car, go in the car. (laughs) And then Michael finds her in the car. So it's just like, you guys, if you haven't seen these movies, uh, I highly recommend them for uh, now or you can wait until next Halloween to enjoy them. (laughs) No, they should just watch them now. It's so funny. It's funny. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. That's our show. Thank you for tuning in. We are so grateful that you tuned in. And we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. If you could do us a big favor and rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, we really need your feedback. We'll be uploading new episodes in a couple of weeks. The next shows will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 6, Episode 5 and 6, and The Walking Dead World Beyond. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.